Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. This episode will be focusing on lie detection. In the past, I used to teach a mini course called Lie to Me. Essentially, it was a lie detection course. And lie detection is a lot like magic tricks if you've ever done any magic. To get good at it, it takes a lot of practice. And you have to ask yourself in the first place, with all the practice that's required, is it really worth it? Now, even if you don't devote a massive amount of time to it, just simply getting older allows you to refine your BS filter. And when you hear something that's fake, it'll go off and it gets better more refined the older you get. But if you apply intentionality to it, if you understand the little tells and everything that's behind it, the refinements will come across a lot quicker and a lot smoother. So we'll look into this a bit further, but my personal strategy when it comes to lie detection is starting with the first question and that is even before you meet the other person, and that is to look at yourself, apply it to yourself first. Do you lie? And do you lie to yourself or do you lie to other people? Now, if you do lie to yourself, you actually know it, but you kind of ignore it. So if you look at any areas where you have cognitive dissonance, maybe you say that something's not important to you when you know it is. Maybe you overrate yourself, whatever it is. When you break it down, you can look and see how you actually got to that place of lying to yourself. Now, this leads to massive personal growth on its own, but it also has a side effect of helping you understand how the lie is told and unfolded in the first place. You can also do this in looking if you've ever lied to somebody. We all have lied to somebody before in the past. And just think about how you felt how you communicated, how that was different to how you normally communicate it. And from here, you can start understanding the tells of a lie. So for example, you could have a thought and the thought was like, well, this happened, I have to cover it up. So there comes a lie. You actually go and tell the lie. In telling the lie, you become conscious that it's not something that's congruent with the truth. So we try and maintain the truth. So we look at our body control and we try and hold the position that we would if we weren't telling a lie in the first place. Subsequently, the body language that we show, if we were to describe it to somebody, is generically normal. But if we look at it very deeply, just the subtle changes, if we look at those, then we can see that that rigid folding of the arms or the rigid holding of the posture was slightly different to when they were just relaxed. Because face it, whenever we tell lies, we always sort of clench up a little bit. So this breaks down the, the thing of looking for classic tells and saying, oh, well, if somebody's folded their arms, they're lying. I mean, they may be right, they may be wrong, but there's a lot more to it. The three parts whenever you're talking to somebody and trying to work out if they are lying is firstly looking at the situation what is the situation all about you have to explore things like the settings the reasons and motives behind 
why they might lie in the first place. Then you look at the person themselves. You look at their attributes, who they are, what are they capable of, where are they in the hierarchy, and again, what their motives are. And then finally, you look at others around them, and that is, what influence will the lie have? And if you can put it all together, you can start to form a bit of a story. That's kind of like building blocks. You start to put these all together until you build a case, kind of like a criminal investigation. So when we unpack the person, we have to go through a lot of things. And as I said at the start, you have to be really vested in it just to go through all this because honestly, it takes away a lot of spontaneity. <laughs> And it just makes it so it's really a not natural procedure to go through because you're constantly scrutinizing. And if you remember those those investigated shows where they've got lie detectors and they're looking at the person weirdly and that, well, look, half the time you'd probably have to do that just to be able to tick off everything on your list. Because when you unpack the person, you have to look at their whole physiology. You have to take in all of their body movements and in doing that you you preface things in different ways so instead of just talking to them you you'll ask certain questions maybe leading maybe non-leading maybe following up their questions with questions and following up with confirmations and looking for changes in their stories that's what we call setting traps so you can start to ask a question they can clear it you might think well i think they're lying about it you leave it alone and then you set a trap later on where you revisit it indirectly in a really innocuous way and then suddenly you start to realize the incongruities you look at the eye patterns now this is very tricky but if somebody is telling a re referred to memory something from their their recall then they will look up to the left usually and this is a very micro expression so you have to look really close at the person you have to watch the eyes you have to get a you have to get a rhythm for it so you have to ask them some questions first about things you know that are absolutely true like you know what what did you wear on the weekend where did you go and you look at their eyes and if you can if you can see their eyes flick to the left well you've got the read on it and then from there you can ask them a question about something that's totally made up and you can say well, what would it look like if if you wore this to the party instead and then they would look up to the right and they'd be thinking about what it would look like now this is a classic way of looking at eye patterns but a lot of the population either does it so subtly or just it doesn't seem to work so it's a tool in the box but nothing that you live and die on body language is all important again it's all about getting the read finding out enough about the person how they carry themselves and then looking for incongruities when you talk to them about different questions we can talk about submodalities in other episodes but more important than that we look at things like accidental slips and so when you're talking to the person believe it or not it does happen like on the TV shows they will slip out the wrong thing and the way they respond to that is really telling about whether there's a lie in place or not. And there's also pauses where you can make them repeat what they said. You can pace it. You can look at the way that they blink, see if it's abnormal, look for forced tells. Like if they're forcing a smile, they, they don't really crinkle the eyes when they smile, just move the mouth. Uh, when they're 
nodding their head a lot during their denials. It's trying to get you to go ahead with them and nod as well, which is kind of manipulative. Look at their tone, which is in the amplitude episodes and seeing how do they refer to themselves. I mean, the Bill Clinton, I did not have relations with that woman. Like, who talks like that? Um, trying to prove themselves, looking how they go on the defense, um, looking how they act in different situations, getting a read, getting a background check from other people, looking at the element of surprise. Sometimes you can come out and ask them the question when they're really not ready for it. And you can think about how you would react. If somebody came up to you and said, did you steal this and you didn't steal it, there would probably be a big shock and it would be like, well, of course I didn't steal it. Why are you accusing me like that? Whereas the person who's lying stereotypically would probably be very defensive about it. Um, apart from that, uh, changes in confidence, looking at the way they present themselves. And all of this is predicated on the fact that when you go through this, although there's room for closed-ended questions, most of them should be open-ended questions where you ask them things that let them walk into a trap of their own. So like I said, there is so much to it. And when you really invest your time into it, you can become incredibly good at it. But just make sure the juice is worth the squeeze for this one. So there's so much to it as we've talked about. And throughout all of this, one important caveat is that the professional investigators actually have an incredibly poor response rate when it comes to filtering out lies from truth. And that's simply because it's an incredibly tricky process. It takes multiple techniques. And studies suggest that body language and eye contact alone are not useful. The thing that we have to remember also is let's say that you've detected somebody lying. So what do you do now? I mean, let's say you've called out somebody, they're lying, there are some situations, sure, where it would be super important. Perhaps somebody's at work and they're ripping off the company, the, the cliche, or, or something's happening that's really important, but what happens if somebody's just exaggerating about their weekend? I mean, does it really change much of the interaction? All it means is that for you, you become more suspicious and your interactions become stranger and stranger. I would say that the best advice for all of this is probably like Jordan Peterson says, and that is try to tell the truth as much as you can. Because when you do that, you start to have a respect for yourself. People start to respect you. And consequently, people often start to treat you the same way. And when they do, you will then be able to notice that people who treat you differently perhaps have something to hide. Those people, when you're used to being told the truth all the time, sometimes it's like the, the mismatched piece, the bit that's obvious, and you're able to detect lies straight away. Because truth is absolutely the greater good. And it's not always pretty. I mean, to deceive is the opposite of doing the truth. And to tell somebody the truth, essentially, truth is the greater good. And it's not always pretty. To deceive is the opposite. And this means that 
by not telling the truth, it's actually an evil act. So we must try to speak truth with integrity and not be fooled by those who would use us as they want. I hope this helps and I'll speak to you at the next episode. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.